You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for September 9th, 2016. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Professional Left in Chief Forum, where Drift Glass will be moderating Matt Lauer's style. Shut up, Blue Gal! It's the Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal! Let's spend 12 minutes talking about my email account. Shut up! And hurry up! we got to talk about ISIS now! Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about email some more. <laughs> that, oh, oh. You know, well, we're going to talk about this and many other things, but it really is. We are living in a time, as you have said many times, the karma train is on such a tight curve these days <laughs> that I, I don't know, other than just sit back and enjoy the show since nobody listens to liberals anyway, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what else to do because it's yeah. so, um, the, the X factor, it's like this giant burst of X-rays just has has cut through everything and you can see the internal structures of our incredibly decrepit, failed political system, uh, the, the bigotry at the heart of the Republican Party, the complicity and criminal incompetence of the media just standing out in stark relief everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you do except sort of do your little liberal dance and say, well, you know, Jesus Christ. This is sort of well, what we've been talking about for 20 years. It is. We, we've been talking about this for a long time. And yep. and in a way, I do think that Matt Lauer, as, as my colleague and boss, John Amato, and uh, other commenters said, uh-huh. Matt Lauer did everyone a favor. Oh, God, yeah. By failing so spectacularly. And I don't mean to go all Mark Halpern and say, you know, this is good news for Matt Lauer. It's good No, news. it is not. No. It's a bad week for Matt Lauer. No. But making it a very stark display of gender differences and misogyny, you know, I don't know if you want to call it misogyny. Many people did. I would. But certainly a way, a different way of treating a woman candidate than treating a male candidate Mm -hmm. and interrupting her and uh, kind of bossing her around. I think what you're trying to say, blue gal, is, see, (laughs) and now we're off to the races. And now we're off to the races, yeah. Uh And uh, by failing so spectacularly uh, and and side by side, I mean, you couldn't miss it. Right. And Twitter didn't miss it right away. It was it was very clear that this was a disaster. Yeah. And even the suits upstairs had to admit. That's the part that I find most interesting Mm -hmm. because you cannot get Andy Lack or Phil Griffin of MSNBC to comment on the everyday quotidian um, yeah. catastrophes and failures and corruption and lies that that uh, Joe Scarborough and Mark Halperin and all of the little talking heads on MSNBC with a few notable exceptions, you can't get them to go on, on record at all, except to, you know, the usual corporate boilerplate about how Hugh Hugh is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. That's all they will say, because this is not about democracy or news. Out, This is entertainment to get ratings for money. Right. These are not journalists. They dress up like journalists and they pretend to be journalists. These are not journalists. These are entertainers. And to get one of them, even off the record, even anonymously to say, oh yeah, that sucked really bad. That was bad. That's like, wow. You have to suck at it at, at so many orders of magnitude more than the ordinary day-to-day sucking mm-hmm. to get anyone at that level to comment on it. 
mm-hmm. ordinary day-to-day stuff is so bad already that this really is just thank you. This was an outlier. This was an outlier. <laughs> yeah. Both because it was in a compressed time. Mm-hmm. And also because the candidates were side by side. So you couldn't say, well, both sides had, I mean, Joe Scarborough tried to say that this was a win and that this was both sides were equally bad and and trying to spin it three different ways to Sunday. But really, it was just a failure of media. And while we're talking about the commander in chief forum, let's take a moment to appreciate our commander in chief. (laughs) Yes. Shall we? The one we have now? From Laos, yes. Who from Laos was asked about this Mm -hmm. and uh, didn't sugarcoat it. Nope. I think Donald Trump is not qualified to be president. Mm -hmm. And I think the media should follow up on that and listen to what he's saying. Yeah. And (laughs) it is amazing to me. Someone pointed out on Twitter that when the president of the Philippines called his mother a whore. Yes. Barack Obama responded with. He's colorful. Yes. And then decided not it wouldn't be fruitful to meet with him, so he's not going to waste his time meeting with this guy, right? Right. But he did not say that Donald Trump was colorful. No. <laughs> well, the president of the Philippines, you have to go. I mean, I lived in the Philippines for a couple of years, many, yes, many did. years ago. I don't follow the day-to-day politics of the Philippines. I have a great uh, admiration and uh, love of that country and its people and their cuisine and their history and so forth. But you'd have to take the elevator to the fourth sub-basement of the White House to, to, to get low enough to punch down. Right. The uh, president of the, the power differentials between the president of the Philippines and the president mm-hmm. of the United States. There simply is no comparison between the two. Right. So why bother? Well, except that the, there is a human rights issue. Yeah, no, because I mean the is, president of the Philippines is just shooting people without yes, a trial yes. for being what he perceives to be drug dealing. And that's... Something that we in the United States, this this may be a major theme of this podcast, which is we need to get back to a Jimmy Carter style of foreign policy yeah. where human rights comes first and humanitarian concerns come first, because this is a dangerous world we live in, not only in terms of terrorism. I actually think terrorism is one of the maybe third or fourth things we need to worry about in this world, but climate change and uh, poisons in our atmosphere that are killing people, mm-hmm. and simply the way countries treat each other. And the and the um, actually the uh, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights this week gave a speech at the Hague talking about not just Donald Trump but Marie Le Pen mm-hmm. and Neil Farage. Farage is that how you say Farage, his name? I the think guy that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all of these kind of right wing despotic populace and how they are the flip side of the coin of ISIS. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, look, ISIS is a terrorist organization. We need to fight those people and punish them and drive them out. And they're, they are an enemy of the entire world. But they would not exist without these right-wing despots in, in the Western world treating the Arab world the way they did, yeah. invading Iraq and deciding that we can just own other countries and take their oil and rape their women and whatever. And on the other hand, these right-wing despots depend on ISIS, or he called it Daesh, which is insulting to them, Right. Uh, depend on Daesh to prop up their lunacy. Right. Yeah. And so I think we need to really, and this we're going to get into the Aleppo thing next, um, you know, we need to get back to, I'm going to say this, Drift Class, don't hate me. Yes. Making America great again. The, the good old days. 
<laughs> the good old Carter days. The good old Carter days yeah. where we cared about human rights. Yes. And uh, that takes into account as well the issue of economic inequality worldwide. Yeah. And so all of that. And, and I, I know we're also dealing with things like, um, you know, the Dakota Pipeline, where we're concerned with uh, Native American rights. And you know, that that gets into immigration. Right. <laughs> And how we treat people who are here first. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to talk about, but really, we need to get back to making America great again in terms of human rights and in terms of appreciating mm -hmm. the humanity of every person on this planet. And uh, I appreciated that the commander in chief saw that mm -hmm. and saw Donald Trump's um, negation of that. So, well, and, and that that sort of takes us. Um, to our weekly theme, our overarching theme, mm -hmm. which is I, I've always said, and this has always been true ever since I knew him when he was just a, a stripling young congressman wannabe in Illinois. Mm -hmm. uh, Barack Obama has always been agnostic about the process yeah. Yeah. of reaching a decision. He will tell you what the outcomes are, that, and that's what an executive does. I want you to, to achieve these goals or tell me why they're impossible. But this is this is where he went to the Republican um, retreat. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. said, look, I don't care how we get to full insurance or insuring the American people or making insurance affordable, but we have to get there. So if you have some ideas that that are that support these four goals that get me to this place, that's great. Tell me what they are. I will take them. I will use them. I'll put your name on it. I don't care. And Mike you, Pence said, across the board, tax cuts. Yeah, tax cuts. <laughs> and, and, and tort reform. Yeah, no, that doesn't. Oh. Here's the math. That doesn't work. What's your next idea? More tax cuts. <laughs> so, but that, but my point being, and this is actually going someplace, believe it or not, uh, Barack Obama had this enormous faith in the process. Mm -hmm. That if you, if people of goodwill, no matter how much you disagree about various aspects of governance, if you could just get them around the table and agree that there is a problem and that we would like to solve it, then eventually you'd hammer out some kind of method for getting there. And really, you can all leave your partisan you know, guns at the door because we all agree that 40 million people uninsured in this country, for example, is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. The problem he faced that he refused to deal with that he refused to deal with until way too late, and that, that our press will not deal with, mm -hmm. is that the process itself is broken. Mm -hmm. We can't get to a decision about climate change as long as one of our two major political parties doesn't believe in science. Right. And will put their foot on the brake and, and block anything you try to do, no matter how reasonable it is. These are people who, uh, 10 years ago, did believe in climate change. Mm -hmm. But their base got stupider and more terrified and more foxified. So they had to, if they wanted to be representatives of that, of that you know, cesspool of ignorance, they had to revise what they were saying downward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Kurt Eichenwald uh, was talking about, on, on the Twitter the other day, about how um, the media is just completely failed. And, and the number of people who work inside the Beltway, from Joan Walls to Kurt to other people, who now say, I can't believe my profession is this fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we knew it was bad, but it, this is really bad. Uh, essentially saying, yeah, we on the left have been telling you that for 20 years and you all didn't want to listen. The problem is the story is about the incompetence and complicity and fecklessness of the very people who are supposed to be in charge of telling you what important stories are going yep. on. Yep. They cannot be trusted to report on their own criminal incompetence and criminal complicity. 
And since that is the big story, the media is is completely dead now. There's mm-hmm. no there's nobody to talk to anymore because they can't turn the cameras on themselves and say the real problem is my boss mm-hmm. or the real mm-hmm. problem is my boss's boss's boss. The real problem is Phil Griffin made me hire this you know this albino killer robot from the future named Hugh Hewitt and put him on the show or he'd fire my ass. The real problem. Or as is, I said, as I said, the classy ready for cable TV Alex Jones. Yes. Is yeah. Hugh Hewitt. Because he has just as many conspiracy theories about the Clintons that he will be happy to spin for you in legalistic terms mm-hmm. in which Hillary Clinton must be indicted because – and it's all made up. It's a conspiracy theory just like Alex Jones, but and it's these, couched in legalistic language. And, yeah. And right now, pretty much everyone in the corporate media, with a few exceptions, mm-hmm. are the doctors who work for the tobacco company. Right. Right, and right. they cannot turn around and say we've been lying to you all this time, or we would run them all out of town on a rail. Mm-hmm. And they can't very well deny reality, which is all these people are getting sick. You know, the, the thing we've been telling you not to worry about is in fact something you should be really worried about. Yep. So they're reduced to playing these stupid both sides game. They're reduced to putting a an obvious sock puppet like Matt Lauer on television to ask a bunch of stupid questions, and insult everyone who, who watches it. And that's where we're at right now. It's not that um, pipelines need a debate or the rights of Native Americans need a debate or human mm-hmm. rights need a debate. It's the, the very process we need to have to talk about these things intelligently is the thing that's broken. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is pre-Civil War time. In fact, I would I would say that we're a year into, you know, the, the conservatives started shelling Fort Sumter like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and the North, you know, the the Beltway has just chosen to ignore it. Yep. And pretended it's not happening. And pretended it doesn't affect them. And pretended that all the crazy talk that's going on out there in the field is just, you know, the nattering of idiots who don't really bear on the important business of America. Right. And right. and here we are living with their failure and incompetence. Um, and every week it gets worse. This is a really good time to quote Elise Jordan, who was on <laughs> Morning Joe yesterday. You, yeah, you were really on top of this. Yep. Um, Elise Jordan was Condoleezza Rice's speechwriter. Mm-hmm. And uh, there you have it. She yeah. was Condoleezza <laughs> Rice's speechwriter. She is also, I did not realize this, she's Michael Hastings' widow. The, oh, yeah, the journalist right. who got, died in the car crash, and she was one of the people who came forward and said, stop the crazy conspiracy theories about my husband's death. It was a, it was a tragic accident, yeah. and really, he died in a car crash, and you really need to stop. And so to her credit, um, she attempts to be uh, stable. She attempts to be in the reality-based yeah. arena somewhat. You uh, call those she, Arnie Vinnick Republicans. She's – she – if if Jeb Bush was elected, if if um, I'm sorry, I'm frying now. If Ohio governor, I keep always forgetting his name. Uh, Why is that? Kasich. If John Kasich was elected president, uh-huh. Elise Jordan would be in the White House tomorrow yeah. as a speechwriter because she's one of those kind of uh, stable governing kind of Republicans. Yeah. And she was on on the panel uh, on Morning Joe yesterday on Thursday. And this was the day that Gary Johnson just blew up, right? And what is Aleppo? And he didn't know what Aleppo was. And he just, you know, whether it was a brain fart, which I have all the time, or what it was, uh, he needed to go back to his bong. (laughs) (laughs) I I think he he was, you know, in some way just kind of out of it. 
Yeah. And and the consequences for Gary Johnson were not dire because he wasn't going to be president anyway. Right. But it was a really big deal to Joe Scarborough that Gary Johnson blew up because Gary Johnson was going to be the alternative to Trump for a lot of people. Right. And uh, Joe Scarborough had to admit yesterday morning that isn't a possibility anymore. So what are we going to do? Yeah. There, there, just to be clear, there are lots of Republicans like mm-hmm. Joe Scarborough who 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 want a place to hide. They want to do what Sean Hannity did, which was register with the conservative party in New York so that they don't so that if you ever ask them, are you a Republican? They can say, no, I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. It's 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 um it's just uh, I'm not sure of the word I'm looking for. I'm not having a brain fart right now. It's um just language. Yeah, it's having a hidey hole. It's it having literally a hidey is hole where you're always right and you're you don't have any responsibility for what your party, which you have voted for for th- your whole adult life, right. you have no you, there are no personal consequences to you if they fuck up. And and a year from now or six months from now, you can say I didn't vote for Donald Trump. Right. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. You can absolve yourself of all responsibility. Right. By this linguistic limbo of finding someone who can't possibly win mm-hmm. parking your vote there and right. then pretending you're doing it for an honorable reason Bullshit. right you're you're high, you're high up in the moral universe because you didn't you didn't you didn't go down to the level of voting for either one of them right well uh that's what happened yesterday on morning joe was joe uh mika brzezinski decided to say look i'm asking republicans to be honest with themselves about what their alternatives are and their alternatives are Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. And the devil you know with Hillary Clinton is we have three people running, <laughs> two of whom are not competent to be president. Mm-hmm. And she she left Jill Stein out of that. I don't know why, but she did. And two of them are not competent. Gary, Gary Johnson is not competent to be president. Donald Trump is not competent to be president. Hillary Clinton is competent to be president. And Joe Scarborough said, well, something might happen to Hillary Clinton in the next two months. Right. And yeah. I'm telling you, Micah, or excuse me, Mika just said, you better hope nothing happens. <laughs> because the alternative is Donald Trump for president, and that will be a disaster for everyone. And so, but Elise Jordan was on the panel, and she said this, and this I'm quoting directly from the transcript that I worked on, Um I think what is also so disturbing about Governor Johnson's answer about Aleppo is his aloofness to what this humanitarian tragedy is. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to listen carefully to that because she is speaking as a former State Department speechwriter, right? right? And that means something. You're Mm -hmm. speaking to the world on behalf, not of just Condoleezza Rice, but of the United States. And so your language has to be measured in that way. And she said this, she mentions humanitarian tragedy as if it matters. That that needs to be, as I said earlier in the podcast, that needs to be our standpoint as right. Americans, right? That's a thing that we should be concerned about. We, and we should be saying something right. about it. And doing, yes. Doing, right. <laughs> then she says... We are trying to forge a post-Bush administration Republican foreign policy. (laughs) And as people are trying to respond to what is the Republican foreign policy without the, and then she doesn't say Donald Trump imprint, she sort of just pauses, having to move to a more realistic path. (laughs) Sure. I think people expect more from our leadership when it comes to addressing the humanitarian tragedies around the world. 
And and this is where I just completely agree with her. Sure. We can't be completely immune and aloof and say we're not going to have any role whatsoever and that Russia can go and do whatever they want and we don't care about chemical weapons. Mm-hmm. And she's absolutely right. We can't do that. But the Republican this is where I just want to shake her and say who are you talking about? Who right. is this we right. that is trying to forge a post-Bush administration foreign policy? Are you talking about Louis Gohmert? Are you talking about Paul Ryan? Are you talking about Mitt Romney? Are you ta- <laughs> talking about Sean Hannity? By the way, right now, the, about? The, the, the values voter summit is going on even as we right record this. this. Are you talking about them? Would We're you like to go them? now with me now? About- and we'll take a microphone. We'll talk to them and find out what they think about humanitarian crises. Right, right, they don't right. care. They don't no, give a shit. They don't give a shit. No. The, the, the values, moral values voter who's sitting there talking about the moral high ground of America right. doesn't give a shit about chemical weapons and whether because Arab children don't matter. Right. And that is their foreign policy. And so, Elise, I appreciate everything you said. And if your party was being run by sane people. You know, and I, I've said this before, if Jeb Bush or if uh, any of the sort of people that Elise represents in the Republican Party or is trying to, if if John Kasich or even Jeb Bush was running as the Republican nominee, which the Republican base voter in the primaries will never elect someone that sane. Yes. No, and it's a won't. spectrum. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not a spectrum between, you know, people who still believe that we we can repeal and replace Obamacare. Right. But don't want to use nuclear weapons in Europe. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the spectrum we're well, talking about. This, the, the entire I mean, the entire platform, the entire Republican spectrum has shifted mm-hmm. into the ultraviolet. Yeah. It, it, it's just within that entirely bankrupt, completely um depraved movement Mm -hmm. there are differentials Mm -hmm. um and they're not salvageable i I think the entire thing has to be scrapped and they have to you know we have to dispose of that party and Mm -hmm. start over Mm -hmm. but within that conversation there are still people who if you focus on their one issue yeah will say something that remotely resembles a sane adult right way of problem solving Right. Which is we have to acknowledge this problem exists and we have to work, we have to fix it. We have to take a position. We have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and I will say quite frankly, I think if John Kasich was the Republican nominee, Hillary would probably lose. Yeah, I, I think he I think he would be her um, just because of all the negatives that have all the lies that have been told about her for 30 years. Well, and there's enough people that believe them that that would that would be the case. So we're going to talk about the Washington Post in a couple of minutes. In a minute. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but just getting back to this thing with Elise of, of, you know, what Republican Party are you talking about that right. has this situation? <laughs> and so uh, Mika Brzezinski, just to sum this up, said, uh, you know, yeah, I acknowledge all of that. I acknowledge that you need to have a, a foreign policy that that acknowledges that chemical weapons against civilian populations is a bad thing. But where does that leave you? And she's speaking to Elise Jordan. Uh-huh. Where does that leave you? pulling the lever today that leaves you all of you voting for hillary hillary clinton or not voting mm-hmm. and elise jordan said yes it does mm-hmm. Boom. And, Me- and mika said thank you for being honest yeah well joe scarborough lost it at that point yep, yep. and <laughs> turned it turned into um a fight between a couple and i'm not intimating anything about joe and mika i don't want to go into that gossip zone 
But he does the thing where a member of a couple engages in unfair fighting. Mm -hmm. You always do this. Mm -hmm. You always are this way. Mm -hmm. You never listen to me. We call and... it we call it lowering. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe Scarborough says, and I quote, what you're trying to do, Mika, is what you're trying to do every day. Force Republicans to say they are going to vote for Hillary Clinton. And Mika says, I'm forcing Republicans to tell the truth about exactly what their options are. <laughs> And that's, I think that's not part, fair. I think in part she had a, an upper hand because Joe is in London yeah. and not sitting right next to her. <laughs> and so she can sort of take her mic and own it that day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he said this. And this is when he turned into Donald Trump himself. He said a lot of people are just as offended about voting for Hillary Clinton as they would be offended for voting for Donald Trump as they are offended this morning voting for Gary Johnson. Uh-huh. I know a lot of Republicans. Many people, <laughs> many smart people on the Internet believe I'm powerful and strong and have a dick a mile long. I know a lot of Republicans who mm -hmm. are going to leave the top blank and vote for Republicans straight down the line after that. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. You no, know, you, don't. you know, two guys in your Manhattan gym who are stockbrokers, right. your brother and a couple of investors in Boca Raton who don't like Donald Trump and are going to not vote for the president because they can't possibly click the box next to Hillary Clinton because they're guys, not because they're Republicans, not because they're conservatives, but because they're guys and they won't do it. And so um, I just I found that interesting. I, I found it interesting that here is the quote unquote moderate Republican attempting to rebuild a post Bush administration Republican foreign policy. Mm hmm. Which you gotta laugh at this point. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know who she thinks there is, but she acknowledges that there's a humanitarian crisis in Syria. Well, and, and this is this is something that I would like all of our listeners to to listen for. Mm -hmm. Not in this podcast. No, oh, no, but, but you do have to listen for this. This is you great. You have to listen for this yeah. because you know how we've t we've talked about over and over again. The Republican base uh, rebranded itself into Independence briefly, and th and then became the Tea Party. Mm -hmm. The Tea Party was nothing, nothing but a rebranding scam run by Fox News and Dick Army and financed by the Koch brothers mm -hmm. to let Republicans escape the onus of being Republicans, having screwed up for eight years, and get on with the important business of hating the black guy without anyone asking them any questions about their hypocrisy or their yeah. lies or the shit they just left behind or the fact that they were trying to shut the country down during the middle of two wars and the worst economic crisis in 70 years. Right. They needed to reinvent themselves to something new. And the media went right along with it. Everyone knew they were lying. Everyone knew these people were Republicans. Exactly. But the media went right along with it. Absolutely yep. hook, line, and sinker, because that's the narrative they want. They do not and cannot support a narrative that says half of the voters in this country are out of their fucking minds. So, um, but we've been looking to trying to figure out what the new Tea Party is going to be. Is it going to be the, the founders, the originalists, the revivalists? The, the Decemberists, who knows? Who knows what they're going to call themselves? <laughs> <clears throat> but I think I figured it out. I think the, the new Tea Party is now the American people. Yeah. You because... mentioned this this morning, and I it it just was like a light bulb going off because it's so true. <laughs> the American people. Now, there is no group called the American people. Other than geographically, there is no such creature as the American people, ideologically, culturally, politically, etc. 
But if you listen carefully to Michael Steele on the radio a couple days ago, uh, the, the same thing. The Morning Joe assholes. The people you you read in the op-ed columns. Pretty much anybody on cable news who is a professional apologist for Republicans who makes their living lying about the Republican Party and pretending they weren't part of it or it's not really that bad or that Donald Trump is some weird black swan event and it doesn't really represent the party. Right, right. It's Trumpism. It's not Republicanism. Right, right. right. Which we're hear. not going to allow them to get away with. No. no. Yep. Well, what you will hear when Michael Steele is presented with another example of Trump voters yeah. just yeah. ignoring reality. Just, you know, you can show them that Donald Trump supported the Iraq war, let's say. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a tape of him saying this, and here's him lying about it. And here's another person debunking it. And now they're actually doing it parenthetically in the Chiron. Because every time Donald Trump lies about his his support of the Iraq war, um, on CNN, on MSNBC, they put the Chiron, the now debunked claim. Yes. <laughs> the only place they don't mention that this is obviously a lie that's been debunked repeatedly is on Fox News, because they don't want to have everyone, in the their, all their 80-year-old viewers have heart attacks and keel over. <laughs> But every time someone like Michael Steele, mm -hmm. former RNC chair and now MSNBC employee, is presented with an obvious case of a Republican base voter, Republican mm -hmm. supporter, Trump supporter, in complete delusional denial of reality. He will say, well, you know, the American people are in this mood where they don't want to deal with reality. They're just... Fact-diverse. We're in a post-fact universe, Blue Gal. Post-fact universe. And it's always the American people. It's, always it's the not American the Republican people. primary Never. voters, right? Never. And once you start listening for it, you will yeah. hear everywhere. Um, Joe Scarborough, Mike Barnacle, yep. Mark Halpern, over and over again. Every time there's a distinctly clear, because this is just the, the opposite. The, the this is just the other side of the coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tea Party was a way to protect the base voter by giving them a new identity. The American people is a way to protect the depraved idiots they've created by blending them into the crowd. Absolutely. By saying everybody is post-fact, man. Everybody is unreasonable. It's so Everybody weird. hates America. It's so weird. They all want to build a wall. The American and, people want a wall. They and, want Mexico to pay for it. And it's once you start, <laughs> it's like it's like Italians in Dante's Inferno. It is. Once you start noticing that everybody's fucking Italian, you start yeah. noticing that all of the liars, the really, the truly gifted professional liars on television, or even the ones that are just Trump Muppets, yep. will always pivot to the American people right. whenever they're talking about their bigoted, imbecile base voter, the Republican exactly. base voter, because it can never be the Republican Party's fault. The Republican Party can never be the problem. It has to be nobody or everybody, because that's the only time everyone's safe. Yep. So if you listen for it, if you hear any good examples, send them our way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you hear anybody saying the American people and what they're really saying is the Republican primary voter, we want to hear about it. And, and we want to thank everyone who sends us stuff via Twitter on both oh, yeah. siderism. Yeah, because that's everywhere. And, and it's wonderful that our listenership, you core people who are so uh -huh. smart mm -hmm. and we love you so much. Everybody, mm -hmm. we just love if you're listening <laughs> to this. We love you guys. We do. A lot. And, and that, that you guys catch this stuff really fast when you it's do. done in the media. Bing. And then you send you know, and then you reply in our name sometimes. Yes, you do. Which is kind and of awesome. We just we love you for that. And we love you anyway. But but you just need to know that the fact that we've now have this sort of awareness together and we're sharing it. Of, yeah. Oh, look again. 
that that little weed popped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's marvelous, and and you guys are great to do that. So thank you. And you start to see it, the cracks. And I'm not saying the the media is salvageable. I'm saying <laughs> that the that the life raft that some of our dishonest members of media have to use now is false equivalence. Right, right. That they they right. Are actually are talking start talking about. Well, you know how everybody says all the time that everything is both sides. Well, that's not true. But in this one case, I suppose maybe Donald Trump <laughs> is accepting that rule. Bullshit. Uh, you will also notice that no one is ever put opposite of the person lying about the American people. Right. Right. To say, but that's bullshit. That's very important right. that we not put in anyone there to, They're you know. just being interviewed. Yeah. And so then you run out of time. Sorry, and that time is the advantage. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's interesting. Mark Cuban this morning on Morning Joe said that the clock that is running on television stations when Donald Trump's being interviewed is how he gets away with it. Yeah. It's because you run out of time on TV that he's able to say nothing and not have any answers and not know anything. And you get frustrated and you're not able to say to him because of the rules of television, you're not able to say, you don't even understand the question I'm asking you, do you, Donald? Mm-hmm. And that's really what, and, and they were asking him because he knows Donald Trump and he's a billionaire and, uh, you know, he, and he's willing to just say, <laughs> On the Stephen Colbert show, Donald Trump should wash my balls. You know, I mean, he's very anti-Trump, but also in a very sort of knowledgeable way says Donald Trump's just stupid. And he does. And he's so weak tempered that he he will uh, react. It drives him crazy when anyone calls into question his intelligence. Mm -hmm. So uh, but he said, look, the reason that he gets away with it is you get frustrated and you run out of time and you have to go to commercial. Right. And so yeah. if yeah. as long as that's the format mm-hmm. and he, you can't just keep going and saying, wait, Donald, you didn't answer the question, Mr. Trump. And it seems like you don't understand the question. Do you understand where Aleppo is? Do you understand the humanitarian crisis in Syria? Do you understand? And and if he answers with, it'll be terrific. Yeah. And you say, well, could you give me some specifics about how you're going to make it terrific? Television news never has that amount of time. No, and which so, is ironic because yes. <laughs> they're cable news. They're, the, yes. the problem cable news has is, seven. <laughs> is is finding enough half wits and 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 Trump surrogates to sit in front of a camera and stare at you dead eyed and and, and keep and, it going. Yes, Donald Trump loves America. You have, they have plenty of time for any half wit who will support Donald Trump. They just don't have enough time for any follow up questions that might point out the fact. Oh, I'm interviewing a zombie dead person. Right. I did. I do want to get to the New York Times versus the Washington Post. But before we do that, there was a moment on Chris Matthews when he was interviewing Rudy Giuliani. And I had some differences with some of my colleagues on this, which is they thought Chris Matthews was great in pushing back with Rudy Giuliani on birtherism and got Rudy Giuliani to to acknowledge that Donald Trump is losing on this issue and and so forth. But the thing my stand was. I will uh, applaud and pat Chris Matthews on the back when he deletes Rudy Giuliani's number from his phone and tells his producer to do the same thing. I'm not going to have that lying sack of shit, consigliere for the Trump campaign, and friend of Bernie Carrick on my show ever again. And to, wait, lie if, about, to lie about, to lie about everything. health yeah. and everything yep. else. 
everything I'm else. This, I'm not yeah. having him on anymore. Yeah. And so he's yeah. he's not newsworthy, so I'm not going to have him on anymore. No, but, but there there is no category of no, liars so low exactly. that Chris Matthews won't invite them on his television exactly. show. So so the fact that he did push back, I guess we have to applaud that. No, we don't. But the thing that got me, the thing that that perked up my ears was Rudy Giuliani decided to float the lie again that Hillary Clinton was responsible originally for the birther lie. Right. And that it was her campaign that brought about this whole issue of birtherism, which is a lie. Yes. And uh, Chris Matthews, he tried after Chris Matthews said, you know, this birtherism, you just you you have to admit that Donald Trump got his start in politics with birtherism and so forth. And well, now, you know, Hillary Clinton started it. No, he didn't. No, she didn't. No, her campaign didn't. And then he said, my producers have looked into this. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, because you never mention that. You don't mention that your producers of your show are exist and have gotten involved in deciding what is true and what isn't. Right. But in this case, Chris Matthews said, my producers have investigated this and have looked into this. And the Hillary, neither Hillary Clinton nor her campaign had anything to do with suggesting or starting any kind of rumor or even making an issue of Barack Obama's birthplace. And you can quote the chorus. She, he said the chorus. You know, there may be people in the chorus that you want to talk about who, and sure, sure enough, <laughs> I went back and looked at, at the, I don't know if you remember the interview that Chris Matthews did outside the Democratic National Convention in uh, in 2008, where the there Pumas? were these Pumas oh, and this on my website was absolutely convinced, you know, that he went to a madrasa and he yep. did this and he did that. Yep. Where did she wind up? Yeah. She wound up with uh, Fox News. She wound up doing conservative spokesmodeling. Like, you know, going to conservative conferences. And she also wound up with the Ted Cruz campaign, I believe it was. I went on her Twitter stream and she hasn't tweeted for a couple of years because she got a divorce. And for some reason that stopped her tweeting. But she went full Republican because that's what she was, you know. And so Chris Matthews said to Rudy Giuliani, no, my producers have have debunked this thing that you want to push and i'm not gonna no you cannot say it it is not true i won't let you say it and then so then he just you know because it's like a record skipping rudy just goes on and says well i would have prosecuted her 40 times by now (laughs) you know as if that matters because bernie carrick's friend and friend of mobsters throughout new york city ought to be the judge and jury of, who, of whether Hillary Clinton's emails. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I can't keep this up anymore. Well, it, is 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 legal or not, right? Um, but anyway, I I thought it was very interesting that that is the lie that MSNBC and people upstairs in suits at MSNBC have said we're not going to allow that to be repeated on the air and un- well, and, and left unchallenged. And, and it is again. I, I want to repeat for the hearing impaired (laughs) Um, what you are watching Mm -hmm. if you are wasting your time watching chris matthews at all you are watching a play Mm -hmm. you're watching a musical and so when you know when they come out and start singing the sharks and the jets songs or something's (laughs) coming that's because that's what they're hired to do 
You hire a scumbag like Rudy Giuliani to come on your television looking like Max Shrek from from the vampire movie um, and drool on about Hillary Clinton's health and I'm a prosecutor. It just He's just an oozing sack of pustulant waste of human flesh. And you know that going in. You put Ann Coulter on television because you want a a blood-sucking Gorgon to spew hate at the camera. She's not going to do anything else. There's, not, there's, there's no story to be broken here. There's no, aha, what? Ann Coulter suddenly has the information about Judge Crater? Really? Share it with us all. No, you, you're casting this horrid, horrid person in a TV role. Yeah. That is that is proscribed by the producers, by the owners at Comcast, who tell Chris Matthews, here's what you're going to do today. And they prescribe the parameters of the lies that the liars that Chris Matthews puts on television will be allowed to tell. And this particular one is a lie too far. And so suddenly in the middle of singing the Jets song, which is what he's supposed to do, he busts into something from Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is not Oklahoma. This is West Side Story. Right. Shut up and stick to the script. This okay. is what, okay, well, fine. Something's coming. Something's, you know. <laughs> but all he's doing is telling an actor yeah. to hit his mark and say his lines the way he's told to, the way he's being paid to. And that's what you're watching. 99% of what you see on cable television, on network television that passes itself off as news is merely entertainment staged to look like news to get you to watch, get some conflict going. Which is, you know, that's just the purpose of a lot of television for entertainment. But this is, the, the thing that's truly insidious about it is, there's always an agenda at work here. And the agenda is always, make sure nobody blames the Republican Party for the how, yeah. how fucked yeah. up this country is. Whatever you do, whatever you have to do, sandbag anything against that dam breaking. Because once that dam breaks, we're all out of work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, the only thing I want to correct you on that is... Um, the belief that Rudy Giuliani is being paid because I don't think anyone in the Trump campaign is being paid right now. <laughs> um, the policy shop in DC yeah. Yeah, quit yeah. because All they're horrible. not, they're not being paid. And uh, it turns out that the quote unquote Miami campaign office mm -hmm. that has a Facebook presence of Donald Trump's Miami campaign office um, was a joke account put up last New Year's Eve by a Clinton supporter as a New Year's Eve party joke where people could leave comments. It was a Miami party. And so the guy for the party set up a Facebook page for Donald Trump. Ha ha ha. Everybody come over to this computer and type in comments and we'll see what happens. And I, I would I wouldn't think that would be a very fun party where you oh look I created a funny Facebook page at my party let's <laughs> let's play with it but yeah. you know nerds will be nerds okay well and anyway, here's the thing this is still up and still and now it's being treated by Trump supporters as if it's a thing and people are leaving you know make America great again comments at this Facebook page Donald Trump doesn't have an office in Miami Florida for get out the vote he doesn't well, have an office in Columbus Ohio for get off, out the vote. He doesn't. He his ground game is non-existent. So I don't think I don't think Rudy Giuliani. I think Rudy Giuliani is getting paid, like many bloggers do, in exposure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I would, he's someone is someone is making Rudy Giuliani's life better. Oh, let, yeah. There's a travel budget for sure. Rudy. Sure. Sure. And, yeah. And first of all, the the concept of the Donald Trump policy shop is hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. It's the same Secondly, thing. Yeah. The jokes on them. 
Because liberals don't get paid anyway. Yeah, that's right. You know, we, we don't. Have, but you know, we're we're Elliot on on uh, Mr. Robot. We don't give a shit about money. Oh so. yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And we're we, very we grateful. It, Elliot great donations. <laughs> Elliot makes enough that he can keep a roof over his. Apparently head. so. Yeah. Apparently he's got enough money in the bank to still have that apartment in New York City. So. So, but I, uh, but I mean, yeah. the policy shop is is sort of the um is the serious side of the U.S. freedom kids. Mm-hmm. You know, those delightfully yeah, wind-up, creepy yeah. little girls in the star-spangled outfit who were singing about America mm-hmm. uh, have had to sue Donald Trump because he stiffed them. Yep. Um, he, they, they had some agreement where he's going to come on stage. They're going to come on stage and sing their horribly creepy, like, Third Reichish Hitler Youth kind of song. Yep. And they didn't get paid, and they're going to have to sue him. The, the whole Trump campaign is this way. Yep. It's, yep. it's all a Potemkin, it's all a con. It's all a, it's a Potemkin village. It is a, it's a boiler room full of, you know, full of sweaty people, cold calling people to raise money yep. fast enough so they can, once this blows up, they'll all be able to skate on to the next con. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it really is, and that's why the issue for me long ago stopped being Donald Trump and, and, and became, why aren't you turning the camera on? the voters why aren't you focusing your camera on people who are so fucking stupid and so desperate and so bigoted that you can show them donald trump lying to them and laughing about in real time and they don't care yeah those people are mentally ill they're not conservative they're not liberal they're not libertarian they're fucked in the head and when you build an entire political operation on top of people who are fundamentally deranged and screwed in the head, eventually something bad is going to happen. And that's what we're living through right now. Talk to me about the Washington Post versus the New York Times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so today, the Washington Post, uh, in a massive reversal of the pandering to this story that they've been doing for months, or for a year at least, the editorial board decided, you know what, the Hillary Clinton email thing is uh, way, way, way overboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no, this is just no, this is just stupid. And they posted an article about it, didn't they? They did. The editorial board <laughs> did an unsigned article. Um, <laughs> I have to look up his first name because I'm a bad person. So give me a minute. No, that's okay. I'll I'll just keep talking because uh, it was an amazing thing and tweeted all over the place that the Washington Post acknowledged publicly that this story has gone way over the top. That literally was their title: was yeah. the the Hillary Clinton email story yeah. is over the top. And, and oh wait, that's right. Embedded in the story, he said, Matt Lowering over his wife. <laughs> um, embedded in the story was this this discovery that there's cr- this creepy false equivalence. <laughs> you know, people can list off all of the actual criminal activity and con jobs and lies of Donald Trump, but they sort of when they grope around to figure out why they should hate Hillary Clinton exactly as much, because both sides, both sides, both sides, mm-hmm. they always come up with, well, you know, she did this email thing and gave away America's secrets to the bad people. And that was in the article. It was yeah. like, no, there is no equivalence between the two. There is absolutely none. What she did was dumb and poor judgment, but we have vetted this 20 different times in every angle you can come up with. There's nothing there. And there, But there's always with the Clintons, there's always... Well, under the next rock, probably, we're going to discover her and Barack Obama secretly, and Sidney Blumenthal, of course, right, cackling about the death of people in, in Benghazi. <laughs> and no, no, there's no. nothing. The only thing they've uncovered is uh, emails to and from Colin Powell. Yes. <laughs> saying, yeah, I, I used it. Don't worry about it. And here's, so, how, here's how you get around FOIA. Yeah, which, which proves that Hillary Clinton was trying to get around FOIA and she should go to jail, right? Right. No. 
So, but the 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 idea that this was in a vacuum that this happened. No, no, no. This uh, Charlie Pierce points out that this is Washington Post declaring war on the New York Times. Ah, because the New York Times has been the puke funnel mm-hmm. for all of the leaked crap coming out of the of, of the Republican House. He says, Chaffetz, I mean anonymous sources. <laughs> um, that keeps the stupid story going because yeah. there's yeah. they have nothing the Republicans have nothing else to hang on to. Except Hillary had a coughing fit, yeah. says Newt Gingrich, after which he had a coughing fit. You yep. know, because karma's a bitch. Yep. But um but Charlie Pierce says, you know, um this just might have something to do with the fact that there is a difference between the editorial board um, between the op-ed and the news side on newspapers. It is invisible to the average consumer because it's just the paper you have in your hand. But Martin Barron, the guy who ran um, the Boston Globe's coverage of the Boston Catholic Church, this mm-hmm. movie Spotlight was made Spotlight, out of. Spotlight, right, right. Is now the managing editor of the Washington Post, and or a managing editor of the Washington Post. And and if if apparently he hates one thing above all else, and that's really shitty news coverage. Yep. People who take a giant dump well, on Well, and journalism. he particularly hates it when journalists yes. make the profession look bad. So he is agreeing with Joan Walsh and these other folks who are saying, I cannot believe my own profession has stooped to this level. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's important to note the Washington Post also employs, I believe, <laughs> Max Boot, yeah. Jennifer Rubin, Michael Gerson. Kathleen Parker, I think, is syndicated there. Uh, Joe Scarborough has a column there for no explicable reason. Mm-hmm. Very much like the New York Times keeps the um, absolutely ridiculous David Brooks on staff. Can I just say, can I quote one thing from a David Brooks column today? Uh, can I stop you? Sure. <laughs> no, I won't. Go ahead. I, and the only reason I want to point this out is I have a much longer post, but I want to, this has to do with how conservatives, serious conservatives, conservatives who wear ties and go on television and are treated with respect, <laughs> when they get cornered in, yeah. into a place that they know is bad, yeah. they just can't admit that they're fucking lying. They have to make up some shit about how the past is not really the past and the Republican Party isn't really the Republican Party yeah. and both sides, both sides, both sides. And I just want to read you one sentence from today's David Brooks column in which he does the giant leap into the future. The post-Trump pres- Republican Party, right? Well, the, the president is very scary. And we don't want to talk about the president. The president is terrifying. And it's full of examples of David Brooks being horribly, cartoonishly wrong. So one of the things he does every few weeks is, in the future, once Donald Trump is gone, this is how the parties will realign themselves. And it's like the Freedman unit. Yeah. Every few <laughs> months he talks about how the Republican Party will rehabilitate itself in a few months. And he's always wrong. And no one ever calls him on it because he's David Brooks. And, you know, you don't want to put a bullet in your own career head. Mm-hmm. So you don't correct David Brooks. Mm-hmm. But did you do you know why? And so he's talking about realignment. The parties often realign. There's a great movement and churn <laughs> that goes on. I smell rebranding. I smell rebranding yeah. coming. Well, and of course, there's a lot. There's, you know, there's a whole bunch of false equivalents just shot through this column and a lot of talk about values and so on and so forth. But. And this is really important. Um, he mentions, as an example, did you know that African Americans were once Republican? <laughs> do you know why they became Democrats, Blue Gal? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell you why David Brooks says they became Republican. <laughs> because the Great Depression brought economics to the center and FDR lured them the other way. There is no mention of the civil rights movement, the voting rights movement, the integration of the army. There's no mention of the Southern strategy. 
There's no mention of Lee Atwater because those things do not exist in David Brooks's universe. Because let me say this for the record: David Brooks is a liar. Yes, he lies for a living, and he is paid enormous amounts of money by the New York Times to write crap like this. So he didn't he didn't mention anything about um, poor whites in the Tennessee Valley and in West Virginia going to FDR and having pictures of FDR in their homes oh, because fuck. he provided them with electricity. I'm sure if he would right? have had 850 words instead of 800, he would have gone into uh-huh. all of that. But and, no, then just... they left the, and then they left the Democratic Party in 1964, that poor whites happened. from Tennessee and Kentucky la, 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 and West la, la, la. Virginia. Well, no, no, he, to his credit, he does mention that Rockefeller Republicans drove out the corporate Republicans. Okay. And the race is a wedge issue, and we should acknowledge it, and that's a thing. But it's very, very tangential. It's barely touching God. on the actual history of his own party. Instead, he has one sentence to summarize why African Americans left the GOP, and he chooses the, the Great Depression and FDR. And oh, it, that is a deliberate choice. Yeah. That is a deliberate and horribly dishonest choice, which yep. no one at the New York Times corrected him on. None of the editors mentioned and no one will ever retract or redact or correct. Yep, yep. And, and I'll, bet there's, I'll bet there's 2,000 comments on that column that oh, has yeah. now been closed saying, you have got to be kidding me. And David Brooks, speaking of Elise Jordan, is as good as they get. Yeah, yeah. He is as, as high up the... Well, he's paid as, more than any, any other columnist probably there at this point. Well, and, he's, and he is willing to stick his toe into the, oh my goodness, there is something wrong with the Republican Party, yeah. water. And yeah. then once he... He glances briefly across that. He talks about the future. Mm-hmm. You know, in 2024, everyone will have realigned parties. It'll be all different. And and so it's not just the Washington Post attacking the New York Times. It's not just the New York Times lying. It's the entire media infrastructure is like the entire American road and bridge infrastructure. It's rotten. Mm-hmm. It's rotten from the bottom up. And even the best one, even the most, quote-unquote, respected, quote-unquote, serious, honored, public intellectual in the conservative writing game is completely incapable of being honest for five minutes at a stretch. Right. And that's how that's how far things have gone. So you put on top of this fundamentally dishonest structure, a giant orange lie yeah. named Donald Trump, and you watch it crumble. And what is there to say? But we told you so. We told you this would happen, and now it has. And maybe you should all get out of the way and let us get back to the business of cleaning up your mess. Well, and and I know that many more people will listen to Mark Cuban give Hillary Clinton advice on how to debate Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But if I were giving her advice, I would be doing half an hour of research on the Mexican wall and, and talking about how stupid it is. What a stupid idea that it will never happen and I would just find out what the Army Corps of Engineers thinks of, an, of a wall and where it, where it will fail. And, yeah. you know, that's you could find that out in, you know, your staff could find that out in a day. And then this, the second stupid idea of Mexico paying for it. And I would just start ridiculing him at about how stupid you have to be. Mm-hmm. I realize that everyone in America wants a simple, direct solution to the problem of immigration. But your idea isn't simple. Donald, it's stupid. It's just stupid. And, and I, I don't know. Bring a, I yeah. bring a copy of Vogue with me and just sort of thumb through it while he's talking, and then yeah. look up and go, "What was the question?" <laughs> oh yeah, here's what you need to know about that. <laughs> and just you know, th- this is what Joe Biden did when he had yeah. the debate. Uh, yeah. Sarah Palin, he just laughed at her. No, no, Paul Ryan. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul Ryan. That's right. Paul that's right. Ryan he was the one. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You know. Come on. 
on. You can't really yeah. believe this crap, right? And you got right. Are you getting low to this guy? <laughs> and really, Joe Biden should just be giving you big old toothy smile lessons. Yeah. In like, oh my God, can you believe? Because we're all in on the joke, right? Right. Everyone in this audience knows this guy's a moron, and these you know, questions are ridiculous. So let's just move past that. And there's a cartoon by Clay Jones, which has um, Gary Johnson and Donald Trump sitting together, and Gary Johnson says, "What is Aleppo?" And Donald Trump says, "I know Aleppo is those sick people Mother Teresa helped, and then she became a saint." <laughs> yeah. She helped everyone who was an Aleppo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, he is that stupid, and she should treat him with that much contempt. Yeah. Ivana um, had Aleppo, Aleppo suction for... Uh, uh, <laughs> Aleppo paid, I paid for that. I, I paid for that. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. There are children really suffering in that it, city. And that's, what, that's not the funny part. The funny part is... No, the, and the I'm not gonna, funny part yeah, is, It doesn't matter if I cry. That's not going to make a difference to the children of Aleppo, and I want to make a difference. So What's going to make a difference is not having a, a bigoted moron as President of the United States. That was That's the yeah, biggest, yeah. best thing you could do for all the causes you care about out, out there, mm -hmm. is to not have this lunatic as President of the United States. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Now he's going to win. I don't know. I'm guessing 30 states. Well, it's going to. It's you know. I at, a long time ago I was saying six. I was yeah. saying he was going to win what? Um, Wallace. George Wallace won yeah. maybe. No. Um, I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, and I it, it's I, it's so unpredictable at this point that I think we all just have to go out and vote. And I'm kind of yeah. grateful for that. Yeah. Let's all just go out and vote and make sure he's driven into the sea. But um, by the same token, uh, I'm grateful that. <laughs> Uh, Nancy Pelosi came out this week and said, you know, don't think that the house is out of reach for us. Don't yeah. think that. <laughs> and and whether it is or not, she said it's going to come down to probably one or two votes. Yeah. So in that case, uh, we're going to have some deals to make. And I think seriously, as I've said before, regardless of how the house turns out, Hillary Clinton needs to spend the first two years of her presidency going out vetting women candidates for the House of Representatives mm -hmm. and campaigning for them. And that's what Barack Obama should be spending if he's not on the Supreme Court. Right. Um, even if he is, you know, because, yeah. hey. No, he if, should be out there campaigning for uh, women and people of color to run for Congress. Down ticket races. Down ticket races. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. We've got to stop now. We must stop. Oh, no. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week we have two internet kitties because they are best friends. Oh. Uh, Claudius <laughs> is is the larger of the two cats because he weighs 19 pounds, and um, we we are not sad about this, but we need to acknowledge that Claudius is developmentally challenged. He will apparently always remain a kitten. Uh, he does not quite understand what rabbits are. <laughs> no, no one does, Blue Gal. No uh, but one. But he does. is. He is very sweet, and he uh, will is a bed sleeper. He will sleep with the humans in the bed and be very snuggly, and that's very nice. His best friend is um, the darker, both mentally and uh, fur-wise. Uh, Hamlet is his name. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Hamlet stays hidden in the shadows most of the time, <laughs> and we assume he is simply contemplating revenge. <laughs> As cats will do, he always has a haunted look about him, 
But ironically, his best friend is the simple and sweet Claudius. So Uh both of them are our Internet Kitties of the Week, and they are on our Facebook page and website. Please go visit Claudius and Hamlet. I'm getting a strong Mice and Men vibe off of them. (laughs) I am too, but you know... Yeah. We don't say mice around Claudius because no. it might. But you know what? Of... <laughs> Claudius, it's okay to kill the mouse. It really yeah. is. You yeah, go right no. ahead. Claudius is, is. We don't know if Claudius has it all upstairs. He's not quite there, but that's okay. His you know. gifts are elsewhere, as people exactly. say. Exactly. And, his, yeah. and if, his, if his gift is getting along with the very moody and unpredictable Hamlet, that is, that is worthwhile. So yes. we're, we're grateful. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware, if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. We did have a great response, Drift Glass, to our uh, Don't Get Depressed About the Election episode. Yeah, Yeah, just start drinking now. (laughs) A lot lot of people are really sick of this, and I don't blame them. I get that that way every day, at least once, hit, hit a wall. Yep. And I have to go knit or I have to go outside or I have to go pet a cat. And uh, we all have to take breaks and and do something artistic or creative or connecting to nature or something that will just help us maintain our sanity. through. Hydrate, this. people. Hydrate. Hydrate. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And I was actually able to have an espresso-based beverage this week because – um, the local blood donor organization, uh, where I donate blood every 60 days or so, um, was giving away Starbucks gift cards, $5 Starbucks gift cards if you can't yeah. to donate. So they gave me one. I went, oh, I'm going to go have an espresso-based beverage after I give blood. You're not supposed to drink alcohol after you donate blood because you get it really affects you bad without that pint of blood in you. Espresso-based beverages do the same thing. You yeah. get really wired after you go drink that after blood donation. But um, I was grateful for that. That was fun. So if you want to uh, get drunk on a budget, just give blood. People do. It's I know, sad. I know. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm fully aware of the <laughs> People don't eat blood and then go out and drink, yeah, because it's a cheap high. Sure. Okay. Um, Don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local, and we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link. If your alternative is a big box store, I had a coupon also for Amazon's pantry, which I've never used before, but you buy a bunch of stuff that is grocery-related. And they ship it to you in this huge box. And I wound up, because of the household we live in, buying four boxes of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> and they were, because of the sleepovers we had, you know who we had over last weekend, yeah. right? Yes. Same people who are coming over tonight. <laughs> Same people, because yep. Junior Muta started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. <laughs> He's going to be a D&D nerd in college. Yes, are he you, is. Is anyone listening to that surprise? No. No. But, uh, yeah, and you were so nice. You got him some inexpensive dice, and uh, so he's got all the 12-sided and 20-sided and 6-sided and crazy dice. But like, uh, like uh, uh, oh, I can't think of it. Darn it. See, I can't think of it. The um, the dice without spots on them. Oh, yeah. The guys and dolls. That's yeah, guys and dolls. yeah. So it's whatever you want it to be. It's whatever you want. <laughs> Julie. Big it's Julie. a natural. It's a natural every time. Big Julie says I rolled a 27. Okay, you know, go fight. Go fight. 
so yeah, so I ordered I ordered from Amazon. I ordered cereal, <laughs> and it came in this big box, and it was gone. <laughs> Four boxes of Cinnamon Crush Crunch in one weekend was just was gone. gone. <laughs> what happened to them? I don't know. Oh, got any more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I want to know. That's that's what they want to know in the basement. Yes. If there is any more Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> it's like the Sarlacc pit down there. You just keep throwing. <laughs> Throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you so much for doing that. Hey, Driftglass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, you know, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties cannot wait to get going on the iPhone 7 Lose Your Earbuds Project. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying and the shooting and the dying and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Love Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2016. Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.